Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 57 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, my guest today has made an instant impact on the revitalized ROH women's division. She was the first recipient of the ticket to gold for a spot in the ROH Women's World Title Tournament this summer. And she's just 19 years old. She is the aptly named prodigy, Roxy. Roxy, welcome to the show. Well, this has to be an exciting time for you. Um, so, I mean, talk to me first about getting an opportunity just to wrestle a match uh, for Ring of Honor and then learning after that that you're going to be a participant in the uh, upcoming women's title tournament. Um, it's a lot of emotions. Um, Ring of Honor is like, I've said it already, but Ring of Honor is like a, a dream of mine. So to be here and to to kick off the women's division to bring it back and to be the first golden ticket for the women's tournament was just i don't know kind of surreal um because i have been working towards this since i was 13 and i've been dreaming of it since i was 10 so to like be i don't know kind of living the dream already is just it's really cool well it's very cool to um, know what you want to do at an early age. And that's great because a lot of people don't. A lot of people aren't sure what they want to do when they grow up, so to speak. But you knew. So that's cool in and of itself that you knew what you wanted to do. But then to follow that dream and to, at 19 years old, already have accomplished so much. Um, I mean, that's just, that's a testament, obviously, to your talent, number one, but obviously your hard work and dedication and your desire to get there. At this point, I mean... <laughs> Do you get tired of hearing, wow, you've done so much at 19? <laughs> Your age is always one of the first things that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, not, not really. Um, because I feel like, I think it's really cool that I, I you know, my moniker is the prodigy. And um, I think it's really cool that I get to do, uh, that I've accomplished a lot at my age. Because I feel like one of the most important things that I've always wanted to do is just like inspire a younger generation um, because that's that's the reason kind of why I that's one of the reasons why I got into wrestling was because I was inspired um, so if if I'm inspiring a, a younger generation to you know go after your dreams no matter how old you are um, if you want to be a prodigy you can be a prodigy um, so I think it's really cool uh, that my age is a big part of um, just everything I do. Yeah, I think it, it is amazing. I think, especially for an, uh, an old timer like myself, uh, you know, you think back, geez, what was I doing when I was 19? You know, not nearly <laughs> as much as you're doing at 19. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head. I think you really are inspiring a lot of young people out there, young girls, you know, po you know, young boys too, probably who have a dream and, uh, and want to pursue it. And, it doesn't seem quite so far away from reality when you see someone who's still a teenager, 
um, yeah, yeah. You know, achieving that. Well, let me ask you about the match that you had. Uh, it was the first women's division Wednesday match. It, it, again, it kicked off sort of the new era of women's wrestling in Ring of Honor. It was you and Max the Impaler against uh, Lainey Luck and Hyann. Yeah. How, how nervous were you uh, for that tag match? Um, honestly, a little nervous. One, because Max was kind of scaring me the whole time. Two, <laughs> um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, it, it's Ring of Honor. Um, I remember we walked, uh, we walked in when we got there, and I didn't even realize that it was, like, an actual arena, you know? And so I walked in, and I just freaked out. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it was it was nerve wracking, but it was also like a good nervous. Um, I've always been told that if you still get nervous, you are still in love with it, and um, that's exactly how I feel. Um, so, yeah, it was really exciting. Um, especially I came up on the indies with uh, Lainey Luck and Hyon, and we all trained together at Reality of Wrestling. Um, so it was really cool to be able to like share that with them as well. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is, is I know that you um, had wrestled high uh, several times and Lainey Luck, you've been in the ring with her. Max, I don't think you would ever cross paths with right before. No. Before. So, I mean, just knowing two of the three competitors though, I'm guessing that that maybe eased whatever nerves that there were uh, because you're in there with people that you're familiar with and trust. Yeah, it definitely did. All right, so I know that you trained with uh, Booker T, and, uh, and you worked for his promotion, Reality of Wrestling, uh, which has its own TV show. So I guess, uh, did having the experience of working in front of cameras previously help you prepare it all for your Ring of Honor television debut? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually started at Booker T's when I was 16. So that helped, like, tremendously because – mostly what you like learn at Booker T's like wrestling for him is like TV so I feel like that's like a plus that we get by training at Reality of Wrestling is you like learn everything about production and you know like like working the cameras and stuff like that so it definitely helped a lot. Yeah that's a big thing because like you said if you're if you're working strictly on the indies um, that's one thing you're going to miss out on is where's the hard cam and, uh, yes. you know, all those kinds of things. Which it's, so it's great that you already had gotten that experience, which obviously I'm sure helped you, helped you a ton. Uh, yeah. But let me ask you about a, a different experience, which is the empty arena. Um, what was that? Had you ever worked in front of an empty arena like you had to do uh, in Baltimore because obviously because of the pandemic? Yeah. Um I mean, not that big of an arena, but for bookers, we were actually, uh, during the pandemic, we were doing some tapings with no fans. Um, so, yeah, there was, there was no fans there. Um, after a while, we had some of, like, the trainees sit in and uh, watch. But, yeah, at first there was no fans. So it was kind of – it wasn't, like, too uh, – I wasn't too unfamiliar with it. So, yeah, that, that helped too. Let me ask you, though, this goes along with not having any fans. Um, and, and you talked about it. You know, you've got that nervous energy backstage right before you go through the curtain, which, as you said, it's a good thing to have. If you're not feeling nervous, you probably should be worried. Um, but one of the things I know as a performer, when you hear your music and you walk through that curtain, you can immediately feed off kind of the energy of the crowd, which helps to get your adrenaline going 
even more. Um, mm-hmm. What was it like? And I know, you know, not it, you did it previously. You did it, uh, like you said, um, working for Booker. That first time working for Booker's promotion, when you walk through and you're like, you're used to do it, you know, you strike your pose or whatever. You look to the crowd, you look, and there's no one there. Um, what, was it hard at that point to then go to the ring and have the same energy as usual? Yeah, I kind of have to like hide myself up a little bit more <laughs> before I go out there cuz yeah, it is a little weird going out there and like like kind of, you know, not hearing the fans cheer for you or whatnot. So, yeah, it was a little weird, um but it was like I got used to it after a while. Okay. Well, I know another cool thing that you did was um you did drive-in wrestling, right? Yes. Booker C was running shows at a drive-in. Um, so what was that like? I mean, I get, were people allowed to get out of their cars or was it, were they, um, they, they how, what was that setup like? So basically, uh, they could, they could be on like the trunk of their, their car. Um, but mostly it was like the fans were in their car and Booker T was actually in like a, a bus, like right outside of the barricade. And he was doing live commentary on the radio. So people, so the fans would basically just like go onto the radio station and they were listening to the commentary as they were watching the show from their car. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, that is very cool. Yeah, that really is. That's yeah. like a drive-in movie experience. That's yeah, cool. yeah. I was like, wow, I, I don't want to wrestle. I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me ask you another question, though, that has to do with obviously – the pandemic and, and the world that we're living in right now, which is, you know, to wrestle, uh, to do that show in Baltimore, you had to be in the ROH bubble. So I've asked pretty much every guest that we've had on, what was that like being in the bubble where you're kind of sequestered and left to your own devices in your, uh, literally to your own devices in your hotel room for stretches of the time? Yeah. Um, honestly, it wasn't too bad. Um, I thought it was, I felt really safe. Um, which like I appreciate it so much because uh you know over here in Texas it's kind of a little crazy um I've heard and yeah it's a little crazy so um to see like the difference of how seriously they take it over there like uh the safety precautions and everything from like Texas and whatnot it was pretty it was very very different um but I felt really safe so so I just I just felt like it, it like I said, it just made me feel like way safer than uh, whatever shows we would do over here. I mean, besides like uh, reality of wrestling, they're pretty like good about it. But just like, you know, the the, um, the other like smaller shows, it's kind of like iffy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, during the pandemic, when once things first, you know, really hit last year, last spring, um, how long was it that you were not able to wrestle? Did you, how many months off? did you have to take because there were no shows? Um, so I started in March. I don't think we wrestled until like, like July. So I think it was about like four, three or four months. Um, it sucked so much. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I was just home. I couldn't even like go, uh, I couldn't go train. Uh, so I was just trying to like, um, like do some, like keep consistency with at home workouts and whatnot since I couldn't go to the gym and I couldn't train and it, it yeah, it kind of sucked because like 
it was always I was looking forward to like the next weekend like oh another show and then everything just like just stopped um so yeah it was pretty hard so other than you know kind of doing training and whatever else you could do uh you know sort of keep yourself in shape during the layoff what did you do to pass the time I mean was this the time where you were started like binge watching tv shows or did you take up a hobby like what did you do while you were stuck at home um so I actually like not many people know this but I I sing a little bit so I like never had time to do that like when I started wrestling again so I kind of just like got back to that a little bit and then I was actually living I was still living with my with my family and I have uh, three other sisters my older sister has a daughter and she's uh she's one and then it's uh my mom and my dad so um I was pretty like I had a lot of company (laughs) so it wasn't too it wasn't too like like I was never not just like doing something um but I feel like that was really cool because um my sisters they have extracurricular activities you know my mom and my dad have work and so we were always doing something and I'm over here like at wrestling shows so all of us were always doing something so I feel like we kind of had more time just to like spend time with each other and we were like playing board games and uh, like we just it was it was a good time to just like reconnect with family and stuff like that okay yeah that's that's very cool because I know there was like other there were other instances where people were just like god my family's driving me crazy I can't believe we're like you know, <laughs> yeah got, at times right? yes <laughs> yeah, people got cabin fever they're like I, man I wish things would get back to normal so these people I could get away from these people but it was cool that for you at least for at least part of the time like everything slowed down so you could you could bond a little bit more and I'm, I'm sure yeah. like you said with everybody's got their own thing extracurricular activities I know wrestling obviously took you away uh probably every weekend so yeah it was it was great that you could actually use that time to you know sort of reconnect but i can't move on because you meant until we talk about the singing thing so <laughs> so you're you're a you're a singer legit like have you sung publicly before um so i like i mean i did like uh like talent shows in school and then i did i was actually i grew up in theater so there is a local uh, theater from where I'm from in Laredo and it's called Laredo Little Theater. And I like just grew up doing plays. I started when I was five and um, I just did them every single summer. They had like a summer play and usually they were musicals. So yeah, I was up there singing and whatnot. Um, but yeah, my mom's a singer. She was actually in a band. So I kind of like got that from her. I would like watch her sing and stuff. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, who knows? You might be, um, you might be the best singer we have in Ring of Honor. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Joe, Joe Hendry may, um, may take offense, but have, have you seen, any, have you seen Joe's, Joe's songs? Uh, I have not yet, but I might need to go look at those. Yeah. Well, his, his theme song, uh, Joe, his, Joe, the Joe Hendry theme song, he, he did himself plays, wrote it, performs it, sings it. Oh, plays, really? Plays. Yeah. So who, oh, maybe, wow. we'll, maybe a duet someday between. Uh, maybe. We're going to have to have like a sing-off or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. This is a great idea. If we ever have a ROH talent show, uh, <laughs> I think we, if, what, what is it called? America's Got Talent. We could do Ring of Honor's Got Talent. And we oh, can yeah. <laughs> put you down for go. a singing slot. I'm down. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me ask you about the origin of your name, uh, Roxy. And I, I'm, I'm sure you probably get asked this question a lot, but uh, it is a unique name. It's kind of one that, you know, it's, it's uh, sort of jumps up at you. It's got the hyphen in it and everything. Like, how did you come up with that name? Yes. So um, I actually came up with that name when I was like 10. Um, literally, I was like, me and my mom were just like, like I said, I would like draw out gear. I would come up with names. And me and my mom came up with that name. I was a huge fan of La Rock when I was younger. And so I kind of got inspiration from that and um, my actual name. Uh, so that's what the C stands for. Um, but yeah, um, I remember I was, about, I had my first match when I was 14. And I remember like, I had not thought about a name at, like ever since then, since I came up with it. But my trainer at the time was like, okay, you're about to have your first match. Like uh, your homework is you need to go home and think of a theme song and think of a name. And I was like, all right. So I was like stressing about it because I was like, oh, like, I got to know a name. And then uh, I was like, oh, wait, I have a name. And uh, yeah, I just stuck with Roxy and it stuck since then. Now, getting into the business so young, obviously the Prodigy nickname is a natural. Did, did, you, did you take that right away? Did you start calling yourself the Prodigy right away or is that something that came later? No, it's actually something that came later, which um, it's it's cool to think about because uh, I remember when I, so when I first started, they would just call me uh, the 17-year-old sensation. Well, at first it was the South Texas bombshell. I was like 16. Um, and then 17, they were like, oh, the 17-year-old sensation. And then I think like when I was like 18, they were still kind of like 18-year-old sensation. And then it was actually one of the fans that was like, oh prodigy and then the fans started like oh she's a prodigy she's a prodigy and I was like oh like that's kind of cool I actually like that um so yeah I just stuck with that and uh like as I was kind of like because I didn't really like the 17 year old sensation I guess just like the name it just felt like I don't know like bland um and I would always ask like oh like um like how am I gonna know like when because I would worry about oh when I turn 18 what what am I going to be so and people would always tell me like it just is just gonna come like it's not something that you just like real quick just think of it's just something that comes with time and you'll just end up finding it and that's exactly what happened like the fans were the ones that kind of like threw it out there and I was like oh I like that and yeah now it just works yeah, for sure. It's like I said at the top of the show. I mean, it's uh, it's an apt uh, nickname for sure. But I think it's funny that, yeah, the 17-year-old sensation, you can only do that for a year. And then, then yeah, goes, yeah. Right? yeah, that's and a for short... that whole year, that whole year, I was just stressing. I was like, what am I going to be next year? <laughs> yeah, short shelf life on that one. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take our first break. We are just getting started here. we got a lot more to talk about with Roxy, and we'll do that right after this. I'm Maynard the Malt Maker. I'm Mega the Bard. I'm Ender the Barbarian. I'm Santi the Bard. And I'm Tia the Wizard. And if you want to see us try to attempt to rob a boat, check out Roleplay of Honor. Join these stars and more for Roleplay of Honor. All right, we are back on the RH Strong Podcast. My guest is Roxy. She is the first recipient of the Ticket to Gold. She is in the RH Women's World Title Tournament, which takes place this summer. 
Uh, Roxy, we've, we've been talking already about how young you were when you got into this business, uh, that you started training at 13, uh, actually even before that, I guess, right? Um, but let's go back to the very beginning. Was it, I think you said you were 10, is that right? You were 10 when you first became a wrestling fan? Yes. Okay, and how did you first discover it? I mean, we've all got these stories of, you know, like I know with me, it was like one day, it was just happened to be on in my, in my house one day, which I, I don't know how it was because my parents didn't like it. But for some reason on a Saturday afternoon, there was wrestling on our television and I was hooked. Uh, so how did it <laughs> happen for you? Uh, that's basically how I was. Um, so my, my two uncles, they've always um, watched wrestling. But I never, like, paid much mind to it. And then there was this one time where um, my dad, he was, like, flipping through the channels and The Rock came on. And like I said, I was a huge fan of The Rock. And before, I was a fan of his movies. Um, and so he was flipping through the channels and The Rock ended up being on, like, I think it was Monday Night Raw. And I was like, wait, 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 like, stop, that's The Rock. And so he stopped it, and I stayed watching whatever he was doing. And then I just stayed watching the rest of the show. And I was just, like, amazed <laughs> and hooked. And I was like, oh, wow, um, I love this. And then um, whenever I'd go to my grandma's, um, my uncle lived there, and he, they would be watching the pay-per-views. Like, every time there was a pay-per-view, they were watching it. Or um, they would, like, record Monday Night Raws. So every time I would go to my grandma's, I would just go to the recordings and just watch them. Um, and yeah, ever since then, I was just like, I'm going to be a wrestler. That's so cool that you um, discovered The Rock as an actor and didn't yeah. even, well, you didn't even know, right, that he was in wrestling before you saw no, him. No, I didn't. Movie. No. <laughs> well, that definitely <laughs> betrays your age right there. <laughs> <laughs> You knew The Rock as an actor first and a wrestler second. That's, that's pretty interesting. Um, so I saw a photo of you on your social media of you were dressed up as A.J. Lee. When, yes. you were, when you were very, I don't know, how old were you in that, in that picture? Um, so funny story, I actually dressed up as her a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I was... I was clearly a big fan of her. <laughs> and, uh, I think maybe like two Halloweens in a row or three, I dressed up as her. Uh, yeah, I was maybe around like 10, 11, 12. Well, the, yeah, the photo that I saw, you were actually dressed up as the raw general manager version <laughs> of AJ, which I thought wasn't just like her ring attire. You had like the blazer that said raw GM. <laughs> Still had the Chuck Taylors. That was that was pretty awesome. I got I give it to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, um, my mom helped me put that together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I mean you sort of touched on this earlier, but I want to come back around to it, it because obviously AJ Lee inspired you. Um, yes. And again, I know you talked about it a little bit earlier, but now I mean, can you really put into words what it means? Like you're now the you're now the AJ Lee, right? There are now little girls who are wanting to be like you. Um, so it's kind of come full circle like that. I mean, can you just talk about a little bit more like what that, what that means to you? I mean, do you have like a sense of how you're really influencing people? Yeah. Um, and it's so crazy to me. Um, because I do think about that. Um, there's a little girl and she is, uh, an avid fan of reality of wrestling. And I remember when I, I won their championship at 18 
Right. And I become their, I became their youngest championship. And this champion, I'm sorry. And this little girl is about like 12. And when I came out after the show, she just started like bawling her eyes out. And she hugged me and she's like, thank you so much. And uh, she wants to be a wrestler when she's older. And it was just, that was like a full circle moment for me. Because uh, when I was younger, I met AJ. And I was crying. And I was like, I want to be a wrestler. And you inspired me so much. And um, and to have that, like, now, uh, like I said, be a full circle moment where there's little girls coming up to me and reacting in the same way. It's, like, it's it's just, I can't even really put it into words, like, how much it means to me. Because, like I said earlier, um, that, yes, like, my dream has always been to become a professional wrestler. But ever since I was inspired by AJ... I just I always wanted to to be able to give that back to to younger people and like be able to do what she did and inspire younger people. So the fact that I'm doing that now is just it like makes my heart so full. Did you get a chance to talk to Amy Rose uh, when you were uh, in, in Baltimore for the for the TV tapings? Um, just a bit, not too much, but I did get to say hi to her. Because I don't know if you if you if you knew this, but. Um, when Amy was on, on the show, she talked about her love for AJ Lee and she basically, Amy used to dress up, used to cosplay as AJ Lee. And that's how she kind of, that's how Amy broke into the business. She was seen at like an independent wrestling show dressed up as AJ Lee. And, and that's how she ended up, you know, sort of you know getting into the business and here she is now. So it's kind of interesting to see how, you know, AJ, I mean, that's just two examples of people that she inspired to get into the business. And now again, like you and Amy are now inspiring people to get into the business. So it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to see. Um, I, another thing that I saw on your social media was that you had a cameo in total divas when you were like, what, how old were you then? 12 or so? 12? Uh, I was like 13, I believe. All right. So tell me about how this happened and what that experience was like. Um, okay. So I remember, um, so my mom, she used to, like, take me and my sisters to, um, like, early to the shows where the fans could, like, meet the wrestlers, and we would just wait out there and just see who we could meet, and um, all of a sudden, like, we see, uh, I believe it was Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, and Natalia, and uh, they were all walking, and um, they came to say hi, and then this whole, like, production uh, came over and was like, oh, like, do you guys want to be on Total Divas? Like, here are the waivers. We were like, yeah, for sure. So we signed those, and then they started filming. And uh, in that episode, I was actually able to talk to, to Nikki, Brie, and Natalia. And uh, I think I was telling them how, how I was starting to train to become a wrestler and if they had any, um, if they had any advice for me. And they were so nice about it. And they gave me they gave me some really good advice that like I've that I that has stuck with me like until till this day. Um, so yeah, that was that was really cool. And uh, it's funny because I remember when that came out. It probably came out like maybe like two months after they recorded it. And I remember we were watching it, and we didn't even know that it was our segment because I'm from Laredo, Texas, and that's where it happened. But when it came out, you know how they have like a like a little intro of where they're at. Yeah. It said Baltimore, Maryland. And so we were like, what? 
And then we came out and I was like, oh, that's so weird. But <laughs> a few weeks ago, me and my mom were talking about it. And we were like, isn't that so like crazy how, how in that episode it said Baltimore, Maryland and Ring of Honor is based in Baltimore, Maryland? Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's like some spooky foreshadowing. Right? 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 I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, when you first started training. Uh, so you, you were 10 years old, right? When you said that you wanted to be in wrestling. Um, you go to your parents and say, hey, I want to be a wrestler. I want to start training. What's their reaction? Um, so I actually, uh, when I was 11, I was talking to my mom about it. And I was like, uh, I want to be a wrestler. Like, I want to start training. And I would actually, uh, my dad would take me to these, like, independent uh, local shows in Laredo. And um, I would watch those. And uh, at a point, uh, I wanted to, like, be a part of it so bad that they let me um like whenever the the wrestlers would do their entrance and take off their gear or whatever I would like grab it and take it to the back and I thought I was the coolest for doing that um so you were the ringside attendant basically yeah I love it (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah so I was telling my mom about it and she she was like okay let me ask the promoter so she asked the promoter because they had like a little training uh place it was like this warehouse and she's like, oh, can my daughter really wants to start training. And they were like, well, like 11 is a little iffy. Put her into cheerleading or tumbling. That, that will like help her for right now. And so that's what I did. I did cheerleading and I did tumbling classes. And then when I was 13, she asked again. And they were like, okay, bring her in. And uh, just like how they said, it did really help because there's a lot of like, when you first start training, um, the basics is like a lot of rolls and stuff like that. So in tumbling, that's basically all you do. You do like cartwheels and rolls and backbends and that like I've implemented that so much, not in just like my basics, but like also in my in-ring wrestling, I do like backbends and cartwheels and uh, that comes a lot from my tumbling. I'm just, I'm, I think it's amazing that your mom was just like, yeah, okay, like, <laughs> let's do this. I've always been so supportive. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. Because I could, you know, I could picture like some parents being like, oh my God, and number one, you're too young. And number two, wrestling's crazy. You know, I don't want you to get into that business. But it's awesome that, that she supported, I guess both your parents supported your dream right from the beginning. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, my, so my dad, he's actually my stepdad, but uh, he came into my life when I was about three. And he is literally like my number one fan. Um, every time one of my matches comes out, he'll like send me a text and, and he's like, that match was so awesome. Um, you're getting so good. And he's always like, oh, like, I'm so proud of you. And it's just really cool to like have them both like be so supportive. And because I do hear a lot of people where they're like, oh, yeah, like I couldn't start wrestling until you know, I was moved out of my house or whatnot because my parents weren't supportive. So I like just owe so much to, to my parents for always like being um, super supportive about this whole wrestling thing. So I have to ask you, what is it like being 13 years old and, and starting this training with people that are, well, number one, they're obviously older than you. Um, are you training with guys and girls at this point? I mean, I just can't imagine being a 13 year old um, getting in there and taking bumps with these people. Like, <laughs> what was it like? So uh, my first training session, well, my first couple of training sessions, it was just all grown men. <laughs> and so 
my mom would go with me to to trainings and she would kind of like sit there with me and watch um but yeah I was like I don't think I was ever like it sounds crazy but I don't think I was ever like intimidated (laughs) like I just like I just went in there and like uh they were a little impressed just because I could like do the roles and like the kip-ups and stuff like that but just like I said because of tumbling um but yeah like it was I even like started off wrestling just wrestling guys for a while um here in Laredo so yeah but I feel like that gave me like pretty like like thick skin yeah I would say um so okay so you got the background with the tumbling and um and cheer which I think obviously that did help you a lot but the first time you get in the ring and um and you're running the ropes or you take that first back bump was that like a shock? Was it like harder, tougher? Did it hurt more than you thought it would? Or was it pretty much you were prepared for it? Um, no, not prepared at all. <laughs> um, I was terrified to take my first bump. Like, I remember I was like, I think it was like the whole training that I was just like trying to get these bumps down. Because it was like, um, I did not want to like, cause I was standing and they wanted me to take a bump from there. And I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> like I can't do that. Um, so they did this thing where like they went on all fours and I would sit on their back and I would just like take bumps from there. Um, and then like, you know, I kind of like slowly, um, like gradually went into like, Oh, standing and taking bumps. But yeah, that first bump, it sucked. <laughs> and I remember, uh, going home that day my mom picked me up and she's like how do you feel and I was like I don't feel good <laughs> I feel like I just got hit by a car and she's like well do you still want to come back and I was like yeah <laughs> so there was never a moment where you said god this is tougher than I thought I don't know if I want to continue even though you were you know kind of beat up and you had the bumps and bruises there was never a moment yeah. where you said I, you know I don't know if no, I can yeah no, never. Um, I just, like, my, I have, like, this crazy, like, passion for wrestling, and, like, I don't think I've ever once thought, like, hmm, I don't know if I want to do this. So, you mentioned that you had your first match at 14. Um, that's, man, I've interviewed a lot of wrestlers, talked to a lot over the years, and I don't, 14 might be the youngest <laughs> I've ever heard. Um, what do you remember from the, first of all, where did this match take place? Um, how many people did you wrestle in front of? And just what are your memories of that that first time having an, an actual match? Um, I think there was about like maybe like 50 people in there or a little bit less. Um, but it was in Laredo in my hometown. Um, and I remember I was wearing like this pink T-shirt that my mom kind of like cut up for me. <laughs> and it had it had my name Roxy on the front (laughs) it was like embroidered embroidered and then um I was wearing AJ Converse um and I was so so nervous for that match like crazy nervous um so I remember that clearly um and I also remember getting hit by a belt in my face (laughs) that was the finish of the match (laughs) wow yeah, and I remember I had braces on at the time. And so I got hit and like my my lip got stuck to my braces and I was just bleeding. It Ooh. was it, yeah, it was intense, but oh, you, my got mom har- was just you got you got hard way, you got hard way <laughs> juice in your first match. 
Yes. And my mom was like, that's it. She's done. She's not going to want to do it anymore. But no, <laughs> that didn't stop me either. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. A belt shot to the face in your very first match. That might have been asking a little bit much. I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but so, so you lost that match, obviously. I did. I did. Okay. Well, yeah, you got you got you got to pay your dues, right? You got you got to do the job. <laughs> That's true. Got to do the jobs early. <laughs> uh, okay. One other thing I want to ask you about is, um, I read that you, or I saw in an interview that you did, that you actually took ballet for a period of time. Yes. Now, was that just another passion that you had, or was that sort of like the tumbling thing? Did you think that that might help you uh, in wrestling in some way? Um. No. So. Um... When I was uh, younger, I got into, like, a lot of different things. Like, I tried soccer, uh, basketball, volleyball, I did ballet. Um, I did a lot of things, and my mom would get frustrated because she was just, like, buying all these, like, different things, like ballet shoes and then soccer shoes, and I'm going back and forth. And um, I just didn't really know, like, what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't – I figured, like, I didn't – feel that passion for anything that I did and like my older sister she was she was in dance and my younger sister was in cheer and they had like tremendous passion for that so I was always like hmm, like like I don't like any of this stuff and then once I got into wrestling that's when I was like oh okay okay like this is what I want to do <laughs> um but yeah ballet I hated it <laughs> um I absolutely hated it I kind of like just tried it out because I was like oh like no, maybe I could be in the, I was in the cheer team in middle school. So I was like, oh, maybe I could be um, in the dance team, try the dance team out. But no, I hated ballet. So I was like, yeah, we're not doing this again. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this as someone, since you actually did ballet and obviously now you're a pro wrestler, you hear this saying a lot in wrestling. It's been said for years, right? Where people try to illustrate how tough pro wrestling is. And they'll always say, well, you know, it's not ballet. But if anyone who has ever done ballet, and I, you know, I know some people who have taken ballet, it's pretty rigorous and strenuous. Yeah, very tough I was about on the body. So ballet is, is not easy. When people say, well, wrestling isn't, it's not ballet, but they're both tough, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, wrestling is, like, extremely tough in its own way, but I feel like, uh, I feel like people shouldn't downplay, like, anything else either just because of that, like, uh I know like like my mom was also she was in ballet and she did like there's this thing called ballet point and um it's basically like they're dancing on their toes right like for minutes and like there's this thing called a dancer's feet where literally like it just messes up your feet so much because they're just like I mean dancing on their toes like I can't imagine doing I didn't try that but I can't imagine like doing that um so, yeah, it's, I, I believe that ballet is pretty tough, too. Yeah, I want to get rid of that saying when people say it's not ballet. We got to say something else. We got to use right. something other than ballet, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, uh, I don't know. We got to come up with something. <laughs> yeah, I think I said that to somebody once before, and I said maybe tiddlywinks. Do you know what tiddlywinks are? No. Okay, yeah, that's a really old, old game that you definitely would not get, but uh, let's just put it this way. It's, it's something you sit down and play and, and you use basically your thumb to kind of flip these little things around. I made that joke, like maybe we could say tiddlywinks and then someone said, well, you know, you, you could probably, uh, wear out your thumb or whatever doing the tiddlywinks, just like you could probably wear out your 
fingers doing video games, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. No matter what it is, I guess there's some kind of, hey, even sitting at a desk, which I do, I mean, hey, it's bad for the back, right? <laughs> that's true. Sitting at that's a desk all day true. isn't good either, so. All right. Probably not, probably not as tough as wrestling or ballet. <laughs> we all have our crosses to bear. All right. Well, we're going to take our second break. We'll be back with more Roxy right after this. Hi, I'm Quinn McKay, the host of Ring of Honor's weekly YouTube show, Week by Week. Join me every Tuesday for brand new episodes as we catch up on all of the groundbreaking ROH news and get exclusive comments from some of your favorite ROH stars. We also have some great weekly segments like Question of the Week, This Day in History, and Brian Zane's Top 5. Join me every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on social media and youtube.com slash ringofhonor for Week by Week. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. My guest is Roxy. Uh, let me, is, is it is it Roxy or is it Roxy? Like, where's the, um, it's basically, where's the emphasis there? Um, not much. I feel like it's just like the spelling is different, but it's basically pronounced R-O-X-Y. Okay, so it is Roxy. Okay. Yeah. All right. I wasn't quite sure. I think I may have said Roxy a few times, but... Yeah, no, you're fine. You could honestly, okay. people say it both ways. Okay. Well, let's talk about Booker because um, you got to train with Booker uh, when you were, what, 16, I think you said? Is that when it started? Yes. So how did that come about, that you actually got to train with uh, the WWE Hall of Famer, the five-time WCW champion? Uh, Booker's a guy that, again, I, another guy that I know. I worked with Booker in – I'm so old, Roxy, that I worked with Booker – back in WCW 20 years ago when I was the editor oh, wow. of WCW <laughs> magazine and then worked with him again uh, at WWE uh, about 10 years ago. So I, I, I've known Booker for a long time. I know Booker's a great guy. Uh, how did you, how did you end up training with him? Um, so when I was talking to my parents about wanting to become a wrestler, um, I was uh, looking at like wrestling schools and we came across Booker T's in Houston which is like six hours from where I from my hometown and so I told my parents like when I turn 18 and when I graduate high school I'm gonna move to Houston and I'm gonna start training at Reality of Wrestling to become a wrestler and they were like okay like if that's what you want to do then go ahead and do it and so that was always my plan but then things kind of changed and I got trained earlier than expected um and so when I was about 16, uh, I started taking Greyhounds uh, to, to Houston. My, my aunt, she actually lives here. My aunt and my uncle actually live here in Houston. So uh, I would take Greyhounds and I would, it was like during like my, my spring break or my Christmas break. Um, instead of like hanging out with my friends or something, they would hate me because <laughs> I was like, nope. I got to go on a Greyhound to go train in Houston. And that's what I would do. I would just stay here and I would train at Booker's. Um, and then eventually he kind of just like put me on the show. And yeah, that's kind of how it started. Wow. Five. So how long? I mean, I'm guessing this bus ride was how long? Uh, honestly, some were like seven hours. Um, sometimes wow. I was like traveling for like 11 hours just because there was uh, stops and kind of like a flight there was like connecting buses um, so yeah it sucked so what was uh, Booker T like as a trainer um, Booker T is very it, honestly 
the way that like people see him on TV and commentary, that's ex- that's exactly how he is. I, I will I will second that. Yes, Booker <laughs> is a, is very genuine. What you see is what you get. Yeah, he's he's awesome though. Um, he's always been like like I don't know. I just feel like a lot of what I've learned is from reality of wrestling. Um, so he's so awesome. Um, Charmel is also there a lot. And, uh, I've said this before, but I feel like, uh, me being 16, uh, going and going to train there by myself in this like big city, I think it was really cool to have like Booker T and Charmel, like Charmel is such a mom. Um, so she was always there to like help me out and like give me advice, whether it was like wrestling or just like life in general um so yeah I was I was super grateful to like train that reality wrestling and um all the whole roster is awesome and it's like a fa- it's like a big family there um so yeah I, I love it there so when you walk in at 16 years old to train um did Booker have any concerns about about your age or I mean I'm, I'm guessing there was no one there that young besides you right um so there's an um uh, a guy there, his name is Gino Medina, and he's a trainer there at Booker's. And he's actually, like, I guess, like, um, Booker T's protege because he started training there when he was, like, 15 or 16. Okay. Um, so I think Booker was kind of familiar with, like, having, like, a younger person there. Um, but, yeah, and then, like, uh, I feel like for that reason, too, um, I was kind of, like, taken care of a little bit more just because of, like, that reason, you know? Right. Well, you know, you mentioned Charmel, and um, I got to know her as well back in the WCW days when she was, did she talk about her Nitro Girl days? Are you, you familiar with that? I am familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Charmel's great. Um, Booker's great. And have you ever gotten to meet Stevie Ray, his brother? Because he's also a good dude. No, I have not. Yeah, Stevie Ray's a character as well. He's you know, Booker's older brother. And uh, obviously, I'm sure you're familiar, Harlem Heat, uh, one yes. of the tag teams back in the day. But yeah, all good people. Uh, Booker, Charmel, Stevie Ray, um, very genuine, as the most genuine people that, that you could ever meet in this wrestling business. And it was great that you, especially being at your age at 16, like you said, you know, you're in the big city, you're away from home, that you had people like that, that, you know, not only are giving you this great training, uh, but are kind of looking out for your welfare as well. So I think, you know, you definitely were in a, in a good situation. Um, so how does it come about then? So you're training with Booker uh, from time to time, and then what, he asked you to be part of the, uh, the reality of wrestling company and to, to start working matches on TV? Um, yeah, that was really, I think it was, uh, I was a 17-year-old sensation <laughs> when, I, when I debuted for him. Um, my first match was actually against uh, Miranda Alize there. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was super nerve-wracking, and he talks – he, like, says it to this day. He's like, uh, he's like, I'm really proud of you. You know, I remember your first match, and you were like a deer in the headlights, <laughs> just, like, coming out, and you didn't know what to do. And he's like, and now you're, like, completely different, uh, which is true. I was so nervous. I'm, like, looking at all these cameras and the production, and I'm just like, freaking out um but yeah it definitely like how we talked about earlier definitely helped so much i don't know how serious booker was when he was training but um did you get to see the lighter side of booker because booker is one of the funniest guys 
also that I've ever. Did he make you laugh a lot, or was he, he was he playing the tough trainer? No, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like he he ha- he shows both sides. Yeah. Um, he definitely is the tough trainer, um, and he's gonna put you in your place when you're doing wrong. But he's he's super funny. Um, I feel like every time like he trains us or he after the shows after all of our shows he'll like gather us in the locker room and he'll just talk to us about how the show went and whatnot but I feel like every single time he just like he cracks me up somehow (laughs) yeah I knew it was a good day for me at WWE TV when I saw that I was going to get a segment with Booker like when Booker was uh, I think he was Smackdown general manager and I would have to produce backstage segments with him I knew Uh I was I knew I was going to be laughing a lot because Booker (laughs) constantly kept us laughing and we would always end up having to do multiple takes you know because booker would just start ad-libbing stuff and cracking jokes and it was but it was it was so much fun working with him (laughs) yeah he's so funny he'll like um he'll try to like explain something to us like in training and then he'll kind of like reference it but like in a completely like like he just has these like crazy references and we're just like (laughs) what what (laughs) yeah he, he he's the best (laughs) Um, so you end up becoming, and I know so much of this, uh, so much of the theme of today's show is about being young and your age, but once again, you made history at 18 years old, you became the youngest diamond division champion at reality of wrestling Booker's promotion, actually the youngest champion, I guess, of any title that he has in that promotion. Um, can you talk about what that moment was like? I think you would maybe want a title in another indie before that, but here it is now, you know, Booker T's reality of wrestling has TV, it's Booker's promotion. Um, and you are the champion at 18 years old. Can you describe what that was like? Um, that was surreal because, um, like I said, I had been, I had said that I would begin my training there when I turned 18 and then I was 18 winning their championship and like making history there. And it was, it was like, I don't know. It was just very crazy to me. Cause it was like 10 year old me would have never expected that to happen. Like never. Um, so that was, that was a very, very, very special moment. And I feel like no matter what I accomplish in my career, like that's always going to be like, uh, like a really, really, really like special moment. It'll stay up there. Um, because of like the 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 meaning behind all of it um I also uh I beat high on for that championship and she's awesome um we've had like really good feuds but she um she's I've learned so much from her just training with her at reality of wrestling so to be to be able to also like share that moment and for her to like pass the torch to me it was it was really cool well I think you know you could tell watching it that there was some real emotion there. I mean, I think there was genuine emotion when you won and the fans were super into it. Huge pop when you, when you got the three count. Yeah. And what I noticed though, when I, when I looked at, I watched the video on YouTube, I noticed it had almost 9 million, not 9,000, had almost <laughs> 9 million views. I mean, yeah. That's insane. That is insane. Uh, do you have any, I mean, any idea why that became such a sens- um, viral sensation? No, I really don't. And it's 
wild to me because um like when I first started I would uh I would record my matches like uh my local matches and I would put them on my my YouTube page and like I would get so excited about just getting like like oh I got 50 views oh I got 100 views <laughs> and then this match got like 9 million views and I'm like wait what like I cannot even like process that number in my head <laughs> it's like what yeah, that's surreal. And I noticed that some of your other matches also uh, at Reality of Wrestling have gotten millions of views. Not nine million, but, but millions. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so just like your idol, The Rock, you are, you are a, an idol to the millions and millions out there. You can literally, <laughs> you can literally say that, and it's true. So uh, another big match I want to talk to you about, uh, probably the biggest name that you've been in the ring with uh, to this point, and if not, correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you wrestled Deanna Prazo just recently, yes. correct? Yes, and I did, yes. Was the Impact Women's, was that an Impact Women's title match? Yes, yes. Okay, so that has to be, again, bring your age into it, 19 years old, wrestling the impact women's champion Deanna Prazo. Deanna obviously a uh, great worker Deanna spent some time here in ring of honor um man what that must have been another just almost was that like another surreal experience for you yeah I feel like I just have like so I, it's it, I'm so grateful because I feel like I have so many of like these these moments in my career where I can just like stop and like take a second and just be like dude like what is happening <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know it was just really crazy because uh even when I first started and I was like training um I would watch like Deanna's uh ring of honor matches and whatnot so like I thought that was really cool that I got to wrestle her and then for the impact uh knockouts championship uh I had a like a an impact tryout maybe like a year or two ago um so like now to like have had a shot at their Impact Knockouts Championship. Like, I I don't know. I wouldn't have expected that. It's almost like you've jammed, like, 10 years of a career into just, like, <laughs> the last few years. It's it's amazing. I mean, it really is. And and obviously, you're just getting started. Just getting started here in Ring of Honor. Um, have you thought long-term, like, I mean, short-term goals and long-term goals? Have you thought about those things at, at this point? Um, I just honestly want to be remembered as one of, like, the best women's professional wrestlers in the world. Um, like, I, I don't know, I, w I want to, like, be remembered in, to be able to, like, just how I said, I want to be able to inspire people. Um, and I feel like, I feel like that's the most important thing for me, um, you know? is just to to have people be like oh roxy like i remember her yeah well i think you're you're definitely well on your way you're already inspiring people um i guess and you'll probably make a lot of us feel guilty like man i, I wish i had done more with my life when i was <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> all right well, we're gonna take uh our final break here and then when we come back Roxy, if you're up to it, uh, we're going to play a little game we like to call 10 Questions. You up for that? Yes. All right, we'll do that right after this. 
This is the prestigious one, Joe Hendry here, to tell you about shophonor.com. That's the new location to go to for all things Ring of Honor merchandise. We've got an amazing selection with the prestigious Ring of Honor logos, but also we've got merchandise for all your favorite Ring of Honor stars. So go support the company, go support your favorite wrestlers, shophonor.com. I'll see you there. Hey, Honor Nation. Check out the new and improved Ring of Honor shop at shophonor.com. Shophonor.com turns ordinary online shopping into a truly immersive experience. Our new mobile-friendly design is enhanced for better navigation and search. The recommended for you feature will showcase products based on your unique preferences or find exactly what you want as you filter any category by your favorite wrestler, size, or color. Go to shophonor.com now. All right, we are back on the RRH Strong Podcast. My guest is Roxy, the 19-year-old prodigy, formerly the, what was it, the 17-year-old sensation? Yes. yes. Then the 18-year-old sensation, and now the, <laughs> yeah. now the 19-year-old prodigy. Uh, how long till you uh, turn 20, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I turned 20 November 5th. Okay. Well, before we get to 10 questions, that's another thing I, I want to ask you. You know, it's like, Think about how young you are, like being in a locker room or like you're not even old enough to legally go out and like get a drink. Like you can't, <laughs> no. you can't go to the bar after the after the matches, at least you, know, you shouldn't. Um, is there ever do you ever feel like are, is there ever a moment when you're in the locker room or you're around your peers where it becomes obvious to you like, man, I'm really younger than these people or they're older than me. Is it ever like is it ever the those culture shock type moments? Um, I feel like at first yes but i feel like now i've been seeing a lot of like um younger people starting to get into the business um there's this little girl here in texas her name is mia friday and she's a uh, 15 i think and um i remember when she was training she was telling me like oh like you've inspired me a lot and uh now she's out here like uh she's about to make her debut for for real reality wrestling which is really cool um so so yeah, like I feel like at first, yeah, but now there's so many of like, like young people, which makes me so happy, um, coming in and like doing their thing. So yeah. Wow. So you you you're not going to be the youngest anymore. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. But I'm the prodigy, you know. Yeah, like, you're still the prodigy. That. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, let's. Uh, if if you're ready for this, let's play ten questions. Yes, I'm nervous, but okay. <laughs> hey, you've been in the ring with Max the Impaler as your partner. There's no need for you to be nervous about 10 questions. That's true. That's true. <laughs> My favorite part of that match, just before we get to the 10 questions, is when she's picking you up and using your body as a weapon. And she you can hear you saying, <laughs> yeah, and you can, we can hear you saying, what are you doing? What are you no, doing? Yeah. I was like, bro, are you kidding me right now? I'm your friend, <laughs> not your weapon. <laughs> that was good stuff. Okay. <laughs> And it is now time for 10 Questions with Kevin. Question number one. What's a subject you'd like to know more about? Um, hmm. Wow, I've never actually like, but like just anything or like? Could be anything, yeah. 
anything that interests you that you'd like to, you know, maybe do some more research into it or just learn more about it? Wow, that's a hard one. I'm scared for these other questions. <laughs> well, 10 questions is not off to a great start here, Roxy. It's not. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Honestly, um, in like, in school, I was never, I, I never paid attention in social studies class. Um, <laughs> but I've always wanted to learn more about like history and stuff like that. So... I don't know, okay. maybe that. That's No, that's a good answer. I think it's good to know more about history. We can always learn from history. So I think that's yeah, that, yeah. that's a good answer. That's a good, good recovery. Now let's, uh, <laughs> let's see how you do with two through 10. <laughs> All right, question number two. See, I might already know the answer to this one now. You may have answered it earlier. Question number two is, do you have any hidden talents? And you already told us that you can sing. Yes. So is there another hidden talent? Um... I can play the piano. Okay. All right. So you got yeah, a whole actually, thing. Yeah. I'm like self-taught. So when I was bored, my mom got me like this little, uh, it was like a, not like a standing piano, but a little small one. And I just like would go on YouTube and just teach myself. Wow. Self-taught. So also a musical prodigy. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. All right. Question number three. And again, I might know the answer to this one as well, but we'll see. Uh, if you could have a conversation with any celebrity or historical figure, alive or dead, you could talk to anybody, who would it be? Definitely AJ Lee. See, I, was, I thought you were going to say The Rock or maybe AJ. I wasn't sure which one. <laughs> Him too. I, Him both too. of them. We need it all sit down together. <laughs> that would be something. All right, question number four. What's something popular? that you don't see the appeal of? Like it's popular, but you just don't get it. Mm, TikTok. You know, that is so, I'm so glad that you said that because we do this 10 question segment uh, every week on the podcast. And of course, everyone who I've had on the podcast, obviously has been older than you. Uh, some people much older. And that is the most popular answer of what do you not get that's popular, which is TikTok. But see, I <laughs> thought you being 19, like that would be right up your alley. Like you, isn't that geared more towards like your generation? Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Um, my little sister, she's she's fourteen, and she tried to get me to do so many TikToks during the pandemic, and I was like, "Girl, I'm not about to get up and do these dances with you." <laughs> uh, I even tried to like I down I have it downloaded, and like every now and then I'll try to go in and like I'll look at two or three videos and I'll just get out, but I'm like. I hear people that they're literally on it like all day and they're like, yeah, I get on it and I can't stop. I'm like, what? I don't really think it's that interesting. Yeah, I believe I have two daughters. Uh, uh, one's 12, one's 16, or are going to be 16. And uh, yeah, especially the 12 year old is really into the TikTok thing. Like I, yeah. I just, I don't get it. But again, I'm, I'm old and I guess I'm probably not supposed to get it. But it's, good, <laughs> it's refreshing to know that someone your age also doesn't, doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number five. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? And if not, do you believe in the existence of the paranormal? Um, honestly, I feel like I've had like 
maybe like two or three. I do believe in it. Okay. Um, I've gone to like. Have you ever seen the movie The Shining? <laughs> it's funny you should say that because it is my favorite movie of all time. Right here, really? on, yes, right here on my desk, I have a Funko Pop that I'm staring at of Jack Torrance. So, oh my gosh! Um, yes, uh, Shining is my favorite movie of all time. I love that movie. Um, yeah, I actually, me and my family, we took a trip to um, the the hotel that they like filmed it at. The, the Stanley, uh, right? The Stanley Hotel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, and it's like, they say that it's actually haunted. Right. Um, there's like a story about like Jim Carrey that when they were filming Dumb and Dumber, that he supposedly, he like, he like, they were filming and then all of a sudden he just like ran out of the house and that he was like crying. And that is like to this day, if people ask him about like what happened, he just won't answer. Um, but yeah, I remember when we went there, uh, they were like, oh, if your camera ends up going off, like, don't worry, it's just like the, I guess, like the, um, what's it called? Just, the, I guess, like the paranormal, like, energy that's going on in there. Yeah, um, they, they, they use the energy yeah. to do whatever they can do, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember if it was uh, my parents or just someone in our group that their camera did go off, like their flash went off. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wow. Okay. So I, I'm. I just love the fact that you your favorite movie is The Shining. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that movie. Have you watched the miniseries? I've watched it all. I've I've watched. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think um, the miniseries was that great. No. Uh, yeah, I like the original letter. Yes, but let me ask you this: Did you see Doctor Sleep? No. The secret. I have not. You have I to. Haven't. See okay. I think my mom actually told me about that. About that you have movie. To, no spoilers, okay? But you have to see Doctor Sleep, especially if you really love the original movie, The Shining. The last half hour to forty minutes or so of Doctor Sleep will will just will blow you away. That's all I can okay. say. Okay. No. Okay. Noted. I'm gonna have to watch that. Yes, highly recommend that. Okay. Question number six. Obviously, you keep yourself in great shape, but we all have our cheat days. Uh, we need them. So. What is your favorite cheat food? Um, I have many like, okay, so I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> um, so usually I'll go to Chick-fil-A or I love seafood. Um, have you ever had like a, like a seafood crawfish boil? Uh, well, no, because you know, I, I'm, I'm from Baltimore. I'm from Maryland. So big, big seafood. Oh, they have like, the best seafood. <laughs> Best crab cakes for sure, but now the crawfish—that's not really—that's more of like a—that's a Southwest thing, more isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. But there's like this boil where it has like crawfish, lobster, shrimp. And there's like this spicy like juice in it. It has like corn and potato, and that I love that. <laughs> it's my favorite. That doesn't even sound like a cheat meal, though. That sounds just like a good meal. Really? Yeah, that's a cheat. See, when I think of cheat, I think of like a chocolate cake or, you know. Uh, okay, well, I'm a huge sweets person too. I just love food, <laughs> but I'm a huge sweets person. Um, and I love like ice cream and donuts and all of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to cheat, if you're going to have a cheat day, make it count, right? <laughs> true, you know, true. Your, your idol, The Rock, eats like an entire pizza, I think, on his cheat day. Oh wow! I think he said that. Yeah, he, the whole the whole thing. He, he's a big man though, so it's, you know, he he needs to do that. 
Okay, question number seven. This is a simple one. Are you a dog person, cat person, both or neither? Definitely a dog person. Um, back home, I have like seven dogs in my house. <laughs> wow. Like, now are these little dogs? dogs or big dogs or a uh, mix? They're little dogs, but growing up, I always had a dog. Uh, I've had big dogs. I have, I've had like German Shepherd. I've had a Labrador. Um, but right now, they just have little dogs. I think it's like uh, Yorkies, a Chihuahua, um, some mixed breeds, um, a Silky Terrier. Um, but yeah, they're all like, they're all little. But I absolutely love dogs. Dogs are the best. A, a dogs they are. are. I have two dogs. I never thought I would. I always had a dog, like growing up and, and even as an adult. Then my, my daughters wanted a second dog. I never thought I'd be a two-dog person. Um, but I love having the two dogs. As much as I love dogs, though, seven's a little much, I would think. <laughs> yeah, honestly, much. I thought so. <laughs> but it, it was, like, so bad because um, – so my room at the time was, like, right by the front door. And every time, like, uh, the mailman would come or, like, someone would, like, drive by – if one dog started barking at the door, just all of them would decide to go and bark together like a choir. Yes. And I'm, it's like six, seven in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to love them. They're protecting their property. You know, they're yeah, protecting that's true. You. That's what they're, they're protecting. Yeah. Okay. Question number eight. What's the last TV show that you binge watched or are currently binge watching? If you do that sort of thing. Um, honestly, I don't usually, um, I, I get, like, distracted pretty easily when it comes to, like, shows, or, like, I don't know, I just, I just don't have, like, like, I can't, like, it has to be really good for me to get into it, but the first, the first show that popped into my head when you said that was, uh, there's this show on Netflix called You, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm not familiar um, with that one. It's, it's pretty good. It's kind of like, uh, kind of like, uh, not horror, but it's like a psychological kind of thriller show. Okay. Um, but it's really cool. I like that one. I think there's like two seasons and I think they're about to come out with another one. But that one, uh, I could not stop watching. Okay. I'm going to have to check that one out then. You. Yes. Y-O-U? Yeah, Y-O-U. Okay. Right, check that one out. All right, question number nine, and hopefully this one doesn't embarrass you. Um, do you have a celebrity crush? Um, honestly, honestly, up, you gotta tell I the truth just, here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always had like a celebrity crush on The Rock. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling The Rock was gonna be the answer. That's, <laughs> it's okay. I think you're in good, comp good company. I think Quinn McKay gave me the same answer. <laughs> hey, if I had a man crush, I I'll admit, it would be on The Rock. I mean, who right? doesn't, who doesn't love The Rock? Who <laughs> doesn't love The Rock? Okay. All right. Question number 10. We've come to the final question. I'm sure much to, uh, to your delight. Uh, what's the, this is more of a serious one. What's the best piece of advice that you've been given about the wrestling business and, and who gave it to you? Um... So Tessa Blanchard, actually, she told me um, 
kind of like when I first started. She told me that wrestling is like uh, 20%, like 20-30% physical, um, like physical and then 70% mental. And like she told me how you have to have like an extremely strong mind to be in wrestling. And like everybody thinks it's just like about like being physically fit and physically strong, but like you have to have such like a strong mind. And I didn't think about it too much when she first told me that. And like through the years, I've that's just like stuck with me so much because it's very true. Um, wrestling is hard, um, but I feel like it's it's very hard mentally and like just being able to like because wrestling is just like it's not always like rainbows and sunshine and you're not always accomplishing things and like people are going to accomplish things and you're going to be like left behind for a bit but I feel like that's exactly why you have to have such a strong mind in wrestling because of that reason because I feel like everybody's path is different so like to just never kind of try to compare your path to somebody else's because yours is just always going to be completely different. Well that's outstanding advice for sure and the wrestling business as we all know it is a very tough business and uh, not just, as you said, it's not just the physical toll that it takes on you, but it is, uh, you have to be mentally strong. There's no question about it. You have to have that certain mindset for this business. Part of it is is loving the business and having the passion, which obviously you have. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's a very tough business, very competitive, just like any sport or form of entertainment would be. Um, so yeah, that was excellent advice. All right, well, that's the end of 10 questions. Roxy, I'm sure much to your delight, there are no more questions. Um, except one last question actually is, where can fans find you on social media? Okay, so my Instagram is underscore Roxy. So it's underscore R-O-K-C. My Twitter is the Roxy underscore. Um, my Facebook is the real Roxy. And yeah, that's about it. Well, Roxy, thanks so much uh, for your time today. I think um, you, you've got an incredible story, and obviously your story is just beginning. There are already some great chapters in that story, but so many more chapters to be written, and I'm very anxious to see some of those chapters play out here in Ring of Honor. So, uh, you know, best of luck in the women's tournament, best of luck in everything going forward. Thank you so much. And don't forget to check out Dr. Sleep. Yes, I will. And don't forget to check out you. <laughs> That's right. Will do. All right. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening and remind you that a new episode of the ROH Strong Podcast drops every Monday morning on ROHWrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Keep it locked into ROHWrestling.com and ROH's social media channels. That's at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news regarding upcoming episodes. Also, for the latest ROH news and views, you can read my column, X-Files every Friday on ROHWrestling.com. Until next time, this is Kevin Eck saying stay safe and let's all be ROH strong. <laughs>